Hello everyone and welcome to another episode of the Wildcat Wave Podcast. Uh, Today we've got a big one, a football season preview and a special guest uh, interview at the end with Cats Illustrated and Rivals is Justin Rowland to preview the football season. Uh, So with with football coming up on September 3rd here in a few weeks, I decided to get a a special guest on and help preview the football season that knows a lot more about the current team than I do. Uh, I'll have my preview and then I'll I'll have the interview added in here as I pre-record this part of the episode with me and then add the interview with Justin Rowan in at the end. so yeah, let's get started. Uh, so so we got a bit of news. Uh, Chris Rodriguez. It came out that Chris Rodriguez uh, will miss three or four games to start the season, uh, with one being at Florida, uh, according to Matt Jones. It's a combination of a DUI in May, and then an undisclosed reason that uh, has not been put out. Um, I kind of figured he'd be suspended. Uh, and it's less than, I mean, I first thought. And losing him for the away Florida game is a big hit, whether we like to say it or not. It is. But we've got good depth at running back to help with that. But losing your star running back is a big hit, whether you like to admit it or not. And Matt Jones also says there's a defensive starter who's currently, uh, whose name has not been put out, that will be suspended for one game. Uh that we, we don't know the name and we don't know the specific game. I assume it would be the first game, but and we, we can guess all we want, but uh, no one really knows uh, the name. So, uh, well, yeah, let's get into this, uh, this uh, football season preview. Uh, starting with the offense, uh, Will Levis is going to lead the offense once again as Kentucky's quarterback. Uh, and he has a lot of different weapons this season besides just Wandale throwing it up to Wandale and, like, a, another guy. Instead of doing that uh, this season, he's got a lot more weapons at uh, wide receiver and tight end. Uh, wide receiver room is really young with an experience with talented uh, Tavion Robinson as the experience. And Tavion Robinson and freshman Barry and Brown uh, seem to be the leaders there. Uh, Barry and Brown, uh, uh, offensive coordinator Rich Scangarello called him a true pro and says he's very fast, so I figured he'd be the second or third main target. I mean, if, if he's going to be an NFL uh, guy, then I, I would assume he would get a lot of targets. But Tavion Robinson looked, to him, looked for him to be the top target here. Uh, freshman Dan Key uh, is seen to be going to start as well. Marcus Harris, the Marcus, excuse me, Bill Marcus Harris, uh, and then uh, Ray Sean and Chris Lewis, uh, our, our other guys, uh, Jordan Anthony, as a guy who I would see would be starting with Dane and Tavion and uh, Barian. Uh, he's really fast, like Barian Brown, and uh, Dakel Crowdus. Uh, uh, Coach Stoops had a good update uh, yesterday with uh, him as we're recording. Uh, he says he's more confident after injury and says they'll continue to bring him along. 
Uh, and then you got uh, Chauncey Magwood as well. So nice, talented, young and wide receivers. And lots of speed and playmaking there. And, and the coaches are saying they got a block as a receiver. You know, you never really uh, see that. But they're really physical wide receivers. And Coach Stoops said if they don't block, they're not playing. So you got to assume that they will uh, block there. Uh, and then started out uh, as a concern after losing a few guys. The offensive line seems to have gotten a lot younger talent and a little young. I mean, Eli Cox, Kenneth Horthy, and uh, Kenneth Hor Horsey, excuse me, and Jeremy Flax are the veterans. And all, all the rest of them are young, but they're young and up and coming, like Tayshaun Manning and Jagger Burton. You know, you got Grant Bingham as well, David Wallaball. Uh, and Coach Stoops said they got a ways to go, you know. I mean, that they have good days, but, like, you know, since they're so young, you know, that they got some work to do. A little concern there after losing a few pieces to me. Uh, but, but I feel like they will prog progress as the season goes. So I won't really be concerned. Uh, the tight ends will be used a lot this season. Uh, which is something that hasn't been used much. I think you'll see a lot of two or three tight ends on the field at the same time. And it's a pretty loaded room there. Uh, you mostly got all veterans and Keaton Upshaw, who's uh, coming off injury. Isaiah Cummings, Brendan Bates, and Jordan Dingle, who played some last season. And the guy who has really emerged at fall camp, generating a lot of buzz and potentially getting a lot of time and Young and emerging guy and Josh Caddis. Uh, it may be Dingle and Cummings who get the most time, but the tight ends will be used a lot more now. And the running back core is really deep. Uh, uh, Rich Kangarellis has all guys behind Chris Rodriguez deserve to be RB2. So you've got guys like uh, Ramon Jefferson, Tavasse Smoke, Tom McLean, Lavelle Wright. Just looking up the list here. Those are the guys that really pop out to me. Ramon Jefferson, who has kind of emerged, uh, he could potentially start while Chris Rodriguez is out. And some consider him, I saw an article the other day that he might, he could be Kentucky's most important guy uh, in uh, while Chris Rodriguez is out. Uh, uh, Will Levis says he plays like uh, Chris. He, sa he calls him a little bowling ball and, you know, a little bit shiftier than Chris. So overall, it's looking like a nice offense with the top quarterback, you know, you know, Will Levis. I'm looking forward to seeing him prove his top 10 pick worthiness. Uh, and then you got young and talented wide receivers who are all room full of playmakers. With Tavion Robinson as a veteran star, I'm excited to see uh, Will Levis prove his top 10 pick uh, and see see if he makes a even bigger jump. To you know, cement that top ten pick. Uh, it's a really anticipated season here, uh, especially with Will Levis, because you know a lot of uh, preseason hype with him. Uh, this is an offense with a lot of potential. An offensive line is the only little hitch to me, but they'll progress as the season goes. Uh, and then you move the defense. You know, the defensive line is getting a lot of buzz as being one of the best. 
uh, in the conference, one of the best front sevens that is in the SEC. Uh, defensive, which is defensive line and linebacker. Uh, linebacker, you have the leaders of defense and uh, DeAndre Square, J.G. Weaver, Jacquez Jones, and Jordan Wright as well, who coming off injury. Uh, it is really good depth with Trevin Wallace there, Tyrese Fearbury, uh, Derek Jackson, and you have Octavius Oxenton, who is looking to be uh, the leader at uh, D tackle. Uh, and it, I feel like he's a key part in that uh, D line there, uh, along with the. I mean, you you've got really good pieces there. I mean, I just named four guys in the undersquare: J.D. Weaver, Jacques Jones, doing right. That just jump out to me in particular. And then you add in uh, Octavius. You've got a really experienced and talented uh, defense already. Uh, and then you add in Justin Rogers as well, uh, Khalil Sa Sanders, and Josiah uh, Hayes. And another D tackle that deserves mentioning is Deion Walker. He uh, uh, was named on threes, a uh, true freshman All-American preseason. He's very young, but uh, caught eyes in emerging uh, camp. Yeah, so, uh, and then the secondary, you know, you got Carrington Valentine seems to be the leader there. Uh, Keydron Smith being a transfer experienced guy from Old Miss. And then Jordan Lovett, Andrew Phillips, uh, and Maxwell Harrison. Harrison, excuse me, is now an impressive depth piece emerging lately there in the secondary. Secondary depth is probably the most improved position from where it was last year. Uh, Kentucky could really have potentially have a really good defense overall, not just the front seven. Uh, They've got uh, good pieces and leaders to do it there. Uh, Carrington Valentine really uh, is the leader of that secondary, but I think that depth is really important. And overall, as a whole team, I think they definitely seem like a top 20 team, like they're projected right now. I think they're uh, ranked 20th in the preseason poll. And it feels good to be ranked 20th in the uh, preseason for the first time since 1978. That's pretty special. It's something to do, uh, something special again. Uh, like, for example, beating Florida last year and getting to the SEC East Championship game. Now I feel like the door is, you know, Georgia. Georgia, but that's a really hard door to knock down. I mean, we can get to the SEC East Championship game, but that Georgia game is uh, seems really tough. Uh, yeah, it's a really anticipated season. Uh Especially this year, I think it's really, really important. Uh, season starts on uh, September 3rd against Miami of Ohio at uh, Kroger Field at 7 p.m. Eastern Time on ESPN Plus. And uh, I'm lo I'm looking at this KSR article, and I wanted to uh, uh, kind of name the names here. Uh, it, it really was interesting to me. It was five immediate impact Kentucky football, two freshmen. Uh, and you have Barry and Brown, you know, he's, he's a really uh, going to be one of the top wide receiver targets for sure. You know, you got Deion Walker, who was named a true freshman All-American, uh, D-line. Uh, Dane Key, who I told you is also predicted a starter like Barry and Brown. Uh, Alex Safari, who uh, in the secondary, who's uh, kind of emerged lately. Uh, 
pretty good in that depth. Uh, Keontae Goodwin, uh, All-American uh, as well. Uh, Devon, All-American. Uh, and the honorable mentions uh, were Keaton Wade and Tyrese Fearbury. Uh, uh, Colby Albert, uh, he's a safety. And then Josh Caddis. So those are the uh, young names that uh, I saw were interesting on there. And, uh, yeah, it's a really anticipated season. Could be a really, really, really fun offense with new schemes with Rich Kangarello. That's going to be really fun to see. And, uh, yeah, now, now let's get into my predictions. Uh, I have us beating Miami of Ohio. Uh, no surprise there. And then that Florida was really tough. I had it uh, a W with uh, Chris Rodriguez, but now I don't know. I still I still predict uh, W there. Uh, Youngstown State uh, W. Northern Illinois I have a win. At Old Miss I have a loss. Uh, South Carolina I have a W. Mississippi State I have a W. Tennessee I have a W. Uh, Missouri I have a W. Vanderbilt, I have a W. Uh, Georgia, I have a W. And, or Georgia, I have a L. And Louisville, I have a win. Uh, so overall, my record prediction is nine and three. I think ten and two is very possible, and eight and four is like a eh season. Like I mean, it's crazy how we've got to that point where we can like we see eight and four and we're like it was okay season. You know, we could have done better. Nine and three, I will accept. 10 and 2, will, I will be really, really proud of. Because I don't think that's been done in a really long time. Uh, a 10 win regular season here hasn't really been done in that long time. Uh, so, so yeah. Uh, thank you for uh, tuning in to my uh, uh, football uh, preview here with football season coming around the corner. And we got Justin Rowan interview uh, coming up next. So, uh, stay tuned here and let's transition right into that interview. Hello, guys, and thank you for joining the interview with Justin Rowan of Cats Illustrated. Uh, Justin, thank you for coming on. Thanks for inviting me, man. I really appreciate it. Uh, with football coming up, I uh, wanted to get right into it and uh, invite you on for some depth on the team. Uh, the first question I have is, what are you looking for in Will Levis after uh, uh, being projected as a top 10 pick in uh, most mock drafts? Yeah, it's been a crazy offseason. It doesn't surprise me that that talk started up. I mean, I I didn't have to watch Will too long before it was just obvious. He has some traits that are plus-plus level, just the way the ball comes out of his hand, the velocity, the competitiveness, the physical attributes all around. It's just a matter of how does he go from one progression to the next, and that's going to be more important than last year because there's no Wandale – as a pressure valve to lock onto. They're not going to target somebody 17 times in a game like they did one day against Georgia last year. Um, so just going from read one to two to three and processing the speed of the game and not being so confident that he tries to force the ball into windows that shouldn't be thrown into. But I expect him to have a big year. Uh, do you think – so you think he takes an even bigger step this season? 
Uh, yeah, I would, I would say so. You could see how he was rounding into form last year, how Cohen just rolled out more and more of the playbook as the season went on. They were more confident, comfortable with him taking on more and more in the run game. Uh, he's got to be more accurate on his downfield throws, but all the tools are there for that to succeed. And, you know, I will say one thing that's out of his control is how the offensive tackles play. We don't know how the tackles are going to play. We don't know how the receivers are going to play, but I'm confident he personally takes a step forward. Awesome. Uh, is there a guy who's uh, quickly emerging on the offense uh, uh, that you see will get time that nobody really talked about last season? Well, the freshman receivers, uh, Dane Key and Barry and Brown, were not there last year, and they're going to have a big role on the team this year. Dane coming in early, legacy, knows what it takes, just carries himself like a professional, everybody says, and then Barry is probably the most explosive guy on the team with the ball in his hands. Um, as far as somebody who was with the team last year, Jagger Burton uh, might not be starting, uh, but with Kenneth Horsey out uh, a little bit of practice this camp, he has been running with the ones, and I've heard he's taken a step forward too. So that'll give them more depth on the inside of that offensive line. Awesome. That was a that was a. I would admit that's a concern for me heading into this season since they're so young, you know, and have the, like two or three guys that are uh, veterans. Yeah, the line the line is a question, man. You're right, and and if it if it breaks down up front, then none of it is going to look good, but. You know, they seem to feel good with Jeremy Flax at tackle and the inside of the line. The question is left tackle. How is Buford or Wollabaugh or Keonta Goodwin going to hold up? And I wouldn't be surprised if Wollabaugh turns out to be the guy. I should have also mentioned Jordan Dingle at tight end. I think he's going to have a really big year at tight end and, and running back Ramon Jefferson transferring uh, in, especially as long as C-Rod is out. They'll be big, big first-time contributors for UK too. Do you think those two start at those positions at tight end and running back? As long as he rods out, I would imagine Jefferson will probably get the most carries. But I think McLean will get carries. I think Smoke will get carries. I'm not sure about Wright, who's missed a little bit of time in camp, and Drennan. But, yeah, Smoke, Jefferson, McLean all going to get uh, a load. And then Dingle, he's different than Bates. He's not the same kind of tight end as Brendan Bates. But I wouldn't be shocked if Dingle ends the season as their most productive tight end when you look at everything. They've just talked him up big time uh, in camp. Uh is there something like that we haven't talked about that you're looking forward to the most? Like what's the most uh, intriguing thing on the offense that you're looking forward to? It's a good question. Um, how much are they going to throw to the tight ends? You know, that's a big question for me. Um, they've talked about it for a long time, but the way Scangarello talks about that unit, he seems so enamored with it. And you've got a quarterback who's going to his second year as a starter. I think he's going to be throwing the ball to all of those guys and, uh, it, how much are they going to incorporate the tight ends into the passing game? Is it going to be like a true NFL offense? I think uh, I think it very well could be. And then left tackle is the other question. You know, who's going to hold up there at left tackle, protect yeah. Will Levis' blind side in what could be a, a, a contract year for him? Uh, now on the defense, there's a lot of buzz with the D-line being maybe one of the best and the linebackers. What do you think about that? Well, the linebackers return everybody, and they're super deep inside. And, yeah, I mean, they're they're very deep at inside linebacker. And then you got Wright and Weaver outside. You like that. Um, the defensive line doesn't have the star power that it had a year ago with Pascal and maybe McCall you could put in that category. But they're deep. Um, it's not just Octavius Oxendine and Trayvon Ribka. You know, we're talking Darian, Henry Young, Justin Rogers. They're, they're too deep at every position, maybe three deep in a couple of spots. 
I like the depth more than I like the proven top end talent. But yeah, I think the front seven has the potential to be really good. Uh, also, this is kind of off topic. I just heard this this morning on KSR. Uh, is it true that uh, Jordan Wright might not uh, play for one game? Yeah, I honestly don't know specifics in terms of that suspension. If Matt said that Jordan is going to miss that first game, then he must be pretty confident. And, and uh, I, I don't have any reason to <clears throat> to say not, but I didn't okay. hear that specifically okay. myself from him. Yeah. Yeah, that I didn't mention that in the original podcast because I pre or the original uh, segment because I pre recorded it. Sure. And so it happened this morning. So I kind of wanted to see if we knew if, anything about it. If he does miss that game, I think missing the Miami Ohio game is something they can survive. They'll be in that mm-hmm. medium package more and it'll change the personnel they put on the field. But that's one game that they'll be able to survive without him. Okay. Well, we'll get new uh, C Rod missing that game in a little bit. I have a. Uh, few more questions until I get to that. Uh, the secondary seems to improve a lot from last year. Uh, what do you think are the best guys there? And how, Talk about the depth there a little bit. Well, they hope it's improved. Um, they're without Cedric Dort. They're without Quandre Mosley. Um, they brought in Jordan Robinson, Zion Childress, Kedron Smith from the transfer portal. When you bring in three guys to the transfer portal for the secondary, that tells you they're trying to overhaul it. Because against the best offenses they played last year, Georgia, Mississippi State, and Tennessee, they were not good enough. Will Rogers, uh, I think, didn't he set an SEC record for completions accuracy, like 31 of 34, 30, 33, something like that. Um, and Tennessee hit on big play after big play, and Stetson Bennett was very efficient. For Georgia, they've got to be better in that area. Um, So Andrew Phillips at corner needs to have a big year. Keydron Smith needs to be a factor. Um, The communication between Jalen Geiger and Tyrell Asian uh, at safety is going to be new, and that's going to be important. So I don't think it's one of the stronger secondaries in the SEC, and I'll just be candid about that, but I think the front seven in front of them is good enough that uh, there's only a few teams on the schedule that could take advantage of it. Wow. Okay. Uh, overall on defense, uh, what are you looking forward to the most? The front seven or how the secondary seems to like get better? The secondary is the big question for me because I, I think they're, they've gotten to a point under Stoops where they're pretty stout up front. You know, Kentucky doesn't get blown off the ball. Opposing coaches talk about how physical they are. We know the linebackers are deep, especially up the middle. Uh, they're very experienced in some spots. They've got some coaches on the field, DeAndre Square, Jacquez Jones, guys like that. Um, but the secondary is a big question. They were not good enough in those three games last season. You bring in three transfers, they've got to be better there. And uh, I think there's some reasons to believe it could happen. Um, the guys that are returning are going to be more experienced players. They saw what worked, what didn't work last season, but they've got to prove it. And, uh, yeah, they'll be under the microscope, the secondary, um, especially against those same teams this year. All right, uh, so back to the offense. Uh, talk about the new coach, uh, Scangarello, offensive coordinator in the scheme, and what new things we might see. It's going to be similar to what they ran under Cohen. Um, we'll learn about him as a playmaker. Um, I thought Cohen was really good as a playmaker. It seemed like all season he kept defenses off balance. Um But as far as Scangarello, I would imagine the tight ends will be a little bit more involved for the reasons that we talked about. They've, they've really committed to the outside zone, the wide zone running concept, which they tinkered with last year, but they didn't feel like they had the personnel for it or they weren't quite ready for it. And so they relied more on the inside zone. 
a wide zone can be really tough to defend when you run it well. It can lead to some really big chunk plays. But um, how ready are they going to be for that is gonna, is going to be interesting. And uh, how the tackles hold up in that scheme and in protection. Um, I, I'm just more interested in the personnel than anything specific about Scangarello at this point. The left tackle situation, how much the receivers improve. And I think the offense will be similar in terms of its concepts to, to when Cohen was the coordinator. Uh, do you think that, do you think we'll see a lot of like two or three tight ends on the field at the same time? Yeah. Yeah, I think so. Cause you're always trying to get your best 11 players on the field. Maybe not every play you've got situations here or there, but um, the tight end room is the, one of the deepest along with inside linebacker uh, on the roster. And they've got so many hybrid guys that Scangarello has talked about. And Mauro have talked about guys that can be moved around H back, you know, in line, split out. It's easy to imagine them putting Bates and Caddis and Dingle on the field together or split out Cummings and have uh, have Bates and Upshaw. I mean, yeah, the possibilities are endless. So, yeah, two, three tight end packages are going to happen. Uh, overall, as a team, what do you think uh, you're looking for most this season, offense and defense? And do you think with Chris Rodriguez out for Florida, uh, do you think the chances – uh, do you think we can come with a win? Come up with a win down there without him? How good is Kentucky going to be out on the outside on the perimeter? I'm convinced they're going to be good on the inside, both on offense and on defense. But on the outside, at corner, at receiver, at tackle, how are those? How are those positions going to be? Are they going to be playing in a phone booth, or are they going to be able to spread the whole field? And I think uh, that's a question. But I, I I think that they might be pretty good in those areas. So I don't think that there's one glaring weak spot that's going to derail the season. It's it's a pretty um, balanced team overall. As for C Rod, the Florida game, if he if he misses that, and I think he probably will. Um, that that hurts their chances. You remember when they beat Florida in 2018 in the swamp? Mm-hmm. Benny Snell rushed for 175 yards. They rushed for 300 yards against Florida. They really beat them up, and that has to be their their game plan again because Levis really struggled throwing the ball against them last year. And in a matchup between Kentucky's receivers and Florida's defensive backs, we know Florida's at least going to have speed and a lot of talent. So uh, I, I'm I still think Kentucky can win that game, but it's going to be harder if C Rod is out. All right. So so let's say we do. And then it ends up being SEC East with Georgia. Do you think there's any chance there? You know, it's I'm not picking them to to beat or to finish ahead of Georgia, but there it's an interesting situation because it's late in the season. Um, if you're in that position, then the crowd is going to be electric. That didn't help them in 2018, but they've got a quarterback this year who did keep Georgia's incredible defense last year off balance at times. And, uh, yeah, if you get a plus-two turnover margin in that game and it's it's at home and you've got arguably, I think, a quarter quarterback advantage, I wouldn't trade Will Levis for Stetson Bennett, whatever he accomplished last year. Um, yeah, that Kentucky-Georgia would be on upset alert that week, even if they're 10, 12, 14-point favorites in Vegas. Uh, looking at the schedule, is there any team that, like, really uh, scares you of playing? Or do you think it's a really favorable schedule? It's a favorable schedule. Um, a couple of things I would say. Um, Louisville, Kentucky has bounded Louisville the last few times they've played, but that's immediately after the Georgia game this year. So how Kentucky is mentally, yeah. emotionally after that Georgia game will be a factor. How they're mentally, emotionally going on the road to Missouri, that's been a hard place for Kentucky, even though they've won 
um, recently. That That's not going to be an easy game. We've seen them lay an egg there before. Tennessee is always a tough game. And then going on the road to Ole Miss and, you know, Mississippi State, you never know what you're going to get with the Mike Leach team. So even though Kentucky's ranked ahead of every team on the schedule except Georgia, there's a lot of toss-up games. There's still probably five other toss-up games, if we're being honest. Yeah. Uh, so if you want to, you can do it. But do you want to give your record prediction for the season? I think I'm right about nine and three. Yeah, I'm that's, nine that's kind of right. I probably lean more towards eight and four than ten and two in the regular season. But nine and three, yeah, they can have the kind of season they had in 2018 or, or last year. I think it can be that kind of team. Awesome. I'm looking forward to a good year. Justin, thank you for coming on, man. Thanks for inviting me on, man. Thank you. Mm-hmm.